Today on the show, we're talking about life plans. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney, I'm your host, and this week I'm joined with Trevor. And before we get into our show today on the idea of life plans, I just want to mention two um, listener write-ins. So the first one is from Dolores. So the first listener writing write-in is from Dolores, and Dolores is wondering what happened to Michael. Did he get lost in the woods, she asked, or did Trevor trade him in for a new iPhone? So Dolores, thank you for uh, for writing in, but he will be with us again on our upcoming episode 100, along with Jace, where we're going to do a kind of a roundtable episode just to celebrate that monumental point. Yeah, episode 100 is going to be, if anyone listens to the opening of our show, Courtney says our tagline, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. So we're doing a round roundtable on deliberate lifestyle choices that lead to financial independence. So that that is our 100th episode. It's going to be a roundtable with the four of us on. Um, the next listener is from Matt. Matt said he listened to our Dave Ramsey System podcast. And he he he, he said that we, we suggested that baby steps two and three um, should be done at the same time, when in actuality, they are more of a sequential, in sequential order, where step two proceeds uh, or comes before step three. So I don't know if I agree with this because I re- I read his comment and then I reviewed the Dave Ramsey baby steps. So baby step one, it, just to review this, Dave Ramsey has seven steps to getting out of debt. So step one is start a $1,000 starter emergency fund. So step two is pay off all your debts using the debt snowball where you list your debts smallest to largest. And then step three is save up a three to six month emergency fund. So I I look back and I, I think you can't, for a lot of people who may have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, they can't possibly, like I don't think it's a good idea and I don't think he intends, Dave Ramsey, to have you pay off all your debts before you are covered by a fully funded emergency fund. You're, if you are... Go, you know, going through paying off your debts and you, all you have is a thousand dollars in the bank to cover any Murphy's law emergency that comes up, I would think you're pretty exposed. So I, I, I reviewed it and I'd really think that you are supposed to do steps two and three simultaneously in that you should be st- starting your debt snowball and paying off debts largest and smallest at the same time as building an emergency fund. But I, I could be wrong. I, I reread it and I, I, th- I think I they are supposed to be done at the same time. Oh, definitely. And and Matt, thank you so much for uh, for writing in to, to kind of discuss that with us because, I mean, it's really an important clarification. And definitely, as, as Trevor said, something that kind of went just... Uh, because we're a podcast, we just kind of discuss things and discuss, uh, again, like fin- this, this kind of system and just kind of throw it out there how we... Our interpretation of it. So thank you again to uh, Dolores and Matt. If you have anything else you want to share with us, definitely write into our uh, contact submission form located at livelifesimple.ca. Uh, we, we love, we love uh, reading these and sharing them with you as, we, as they come in. So without any further ado, let's get on to today's episode. So today we're talking about life plans. And if, if you've been with us since the beginning, I want to say way since the beginning, Trevor, we, we kind of touched on the important, Trevor, I, I don't know if you remember this, Trevor, but you kind of talked a little bit about how you have a life, a written life plan. On top of that, I, I advocate that you, you should never try to connect the dots in life before things unfold. You can always look back and connect the dots. And when you look back, it's never a straight line. 
So when I say have a life plan, I'm not talking about planning your life out to the most finite detail. I'm talking about having a, a life direction, you know, and I think it's important to write it down because when you write it down, it, it kind of, you can, you know, erase it and rewrite it, but it, it kind of, it, it puts the onus on you to, you know, you, that meant enough to you to write it down at some point. So for you to, you know, to change it, it it's going to have to be something that really moves you to want to change that plan. Um, this article today that we're kind of touching on is um, is called Seven Reasons Why You Need a Written Life Plan. It's by Michael Hyatt. It's from michaelhyatt.com. It'll be in our show notes. I just want to say Michael Hyatt is a big in the motivational space and he has a podcast which is really good and I, I'm going to put it in the show notes and I, I won't, everybody should give it a listen. It's called This Is Your Life and he he's just an utterly brilliant man and I, I've read, he's wrote some books. Actually, I'll leave links to his books. I've read two of his books and he is just, anyone who, who's heard of Seth Godin, he's also very brilliant. I, I put Michael Hyatt at the same same level. And again, yes, we are classified as a personal finance podcast, but these these important kind of behavioral, philosophical strategies and, and approaches to life, I think are so key to being able to financially succeed. A lot of people start out their adult life with a plan and it starts with picking an educational path, right? That's kind of, you know, the beginning of a life plan. You, you're in high school and you're sort of mapping out, you know, what kind of education you want. And a lot of people don't think past that. You know, they don't actually do this this plan of, of what they hope to do with that education. And that's kind of where a lot of people, their life plan kind of ends or falls off the rails is they get the education and they have a plan, but they, after four years of school, they just, they just want to be done maybe and just get a job. And, and then they get the job and they get some financial obligations and then then you're just you're just living life aimlessly. You 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 you've sort of a, abandoned the plan. So once you you spent all that money and time getting the education, and if you don't continue to follow through your plan, because say it's not written down, uh, you can go off the rails in a hurry. Now, I'm not saying a plan can't change, but if you if you stop in graduate school with and you don't continue in a direction, I think you'll be very disappointed. So I kind of want to, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, with the general idea of what you said there, but I do, I do want to kind of advocate for, for, for our listeners who may be closer to, to finishing school as like myself. Um, I think when you're picking, you're picking your, your education path, you're only 16, 17, 18. You're very, very young. And I think, I, I think expecting that individuals that age have a life plan together even while they're in school and even after graduating I think is is ex- extremely ideal theoretically but I think in, in practice that's I think that that's it's it's, it's going to take that very kind of very unique um, individual who actually is going to by themselves have this this life plan together or a life direction together at that point but the alternative is is to make your plan on the fly when you're 30 or 40 years old well, it's really hard to change direction or, or, or have a direction when you're that old and you have financial obligations and people independence and, and, and financial obligations. You can't just say, oh, I, th- I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this. It, it's like turning a big freighter. It's, it, so when you're young in your school, it's like turning a speedboat. You can turn on a dime. 
But when you're older and you have all this stuff in your life that you've, you're accountable for, it's like turning a cruise ship. It takes forever and, and you can lose motivation. So I agree, it's not easy to make the plan, but it's easier to to pivot. Or So if you had a plan, and so long you're thinking plan, and you want to change it, when you're younger, you can change it, but have a plan, I think, is the important thing. So, so from that, what I'm kind of can, can really empathize and pull from is that I think at that young age, then you can kind of begin to put a plan together by really doing some deep introspection in examining what your values are and what what you naturally kind of gravitate toward and what you naturally, what your natural tendencies and goals are. And then I think if you can be aware, that awareness is so key, I think and make it be aware and then, and then follow through by actually writing them down and making them a little bit more concrete and a little bit more kind of guiding in a sense. Yeah. The writing down is just, it creates this level of accountability. And if you're going to change what you wrote down, you're going to have to reflect on it and, and really ask yourself, why am I changing this? Do it. Do I really want to change it? Do I really not want that goal or that objective anymore? Whereas if it's just in your head, you they, they it can be fluid. It can be constantly changing. You can convince yourself that I didn't really want that. You know, I, I wanted this. So writing it down, it, it's it, it's crazy, but it really it holds yourself accountable. It's it's crazy that you need to be able you you need a reason or or a tool to hold yourself accountable, but you do. And back back to the education. Uh, let's just say four years of. School, post-secondary school, when you take in tuition books and living accommodations, let's say it's, I don't know, I can just throw a number there, $80,000, just round number. It could be more, could be less. There isn't many things an adult would spend 80 grand on, or let's just round number, let's call it $100,000. You got a master's degree, we'll see. So there isn't many things an adult would spend 100 grand on without some sort of plan or some sort of objective. But with education, quite often we we send our kids to school with no plan of any kind. Just, you know, this is, some education is better than no education. But if you had, you know, if you sat down with your child and you wrote out a, a, a plan, and a, kid's, a child's not going to do it on their own, so you're going to have to, you know, an 18, 17-year-old child, you're going to have to walk them through coming up with a plan and this article is really good because it it sets out the reasons why and I think even a a 17 year old could somewhat relate to these reasons so uh, Trevor I think we'll get into the seven reasons that Michael has laid out within this article and then I do want to get back to kind of your personal experiences after we talk through these seven uh, reasons that about about your life planet and your reasons for creating one so to start off, so reason number one here why you should create a life plan is is that a life plan will help you clarify mo- your most important priorities. And I, I this one is probably the most important, and I, I love that he's put it first. And if, just say making money is important to you. Just say that is your number one priority, is you want to be you know, super wealthy, you want to live large, you want to have the the finest things in life, then your life plan should include a ton of education. And there, I'm not judging anybody. If that's important to you, make it number one in your plan. And, and I, I, but if if you want to make a difference in the world, if you want to help people, then then know that going in that it might require, require a ton of education, but you're, you're not going to be 
driving in, in Cadillacs and, and, and living in executive homes, just if that's your, your goal. And that's, maybe you can have both, but a lot of times you can't. So I think if you have, if, it, it, it will, if you can clarify your priorities, you will, you'll better understand why you're doing it. And in the same breath, uh, Michael kind of explains within this point that a lot of people may have a lot of different priorities for you. He says that your boss may have a set of priorities for you and, and your spouse might have a set of priorities. And, and, and while these individuals, both important in your life, one employs you and, and one is your, your life partner, both are very important. At the end of the day, do, do your priorities introspectively, I think, do they relate or do they, do they match or come even close to the priorities that the other people in your life have for you? And I think, I think, I think maybe a uh, kind of a dissatisfaction and why, why maybe um, we, we run into problems financially is because we're trying to uphold um, and fulfill priorities that aren't our own. That's a very good point. And a good example is if, if, if you're, say you're in a sales job and your boss is saying, you know, it's all about making money, you know, we make, make the sale, make, the, make, make more money, make more money. And if your priority is about helping people, and a lot of people in a sales position are in a position to help people, you know, sell them things they, they need and don't sell them things they don't need. But if you're working for somebody who it's all about the almighty dollar and not helping people, then, then if, if you have that written down as, as priority one, helping people, and you're in an organization that's not interested in that, then clearly you, you're in the wrong job. I have a I have a kind of a funny example that that really relates so closely to number one and has brought me, I think, some uh, work satisfaction. But I, I clearly and distinctively remember, I, I want to say I was in grade six. I remember being really young, young enough. Grade six is pretty young. Grade six or seven, just just very young. And having a conversation with my dad, I remember we were in the car, we were driving, I remember exactly what intersection we were at. And I remember telling him, dad, I want to work a Monday to Friday job, nine to five. I said this to him and I, as this, as this young little person, I had this kind of clear vision of the environment I wanted to work in. I didn't want to, I, I didn't really want to work in the, the harsh outdoor conditions, even though I commend anyone and everyone who does. And I wanted to work kind of, I wanted to be able to have the weekends off like my parents did. I really admired that. I kind of, I kind of pulled inspiration from them. So, and, and it's funny, fast forward to now, I work a Monday to Friday job, nine to five, literally exact same vision. And I think, so I think defining your priorities in that sense for me, I wanted to, I wanted to go to school, get an education that could allow me to work this very standard, um, office-esque hour job in that kind of environment. So I would say you've, you've taken that one step beyond, you know, writing down your life plans, you visualize them. So I think that's that's even more definitely, powerful. and I I know that for some people that that isn't that I may obviously, but again the, that the vision of working nine to five that that grind nine to five grind in an office may some people are are wondering well that's that's not uh, that's not an achievable goal but for me again those are my own personal priorities and I think that just speaks volumes to how different our priorities are based on us as an individual. Now some people. They might look at that and say, "Was that a you know, okay? You were only in grade six, so I, I, I'm not judging you." But if you were, you know, someone graduating from uh, post secondary education and that was one of your goals, I might say that that bar is a little low. As as somebody who was in grade six, that bar was really high. But 
uh, and not, I don't I don't expect many people in grade six to be documenting a lot of meaningful life goals. I mean, I I didn't mean that vision in a literal sense of all I wanted to do. If if I achieved that that kind of vision, I would actually I would feel successful. I just I just knew the type of it kind of led me in picking a path that would allow me to kind of live in that very comfortable environment, that comfortable environment I viewed comfortably, I guess. It, it gave no, me direction, I, I, I think, yeah. in, in what kind of, and because if I went to school for something that might require me to work weekends or evenings or, or on the weekends or, or, or in, in, in different outdoor climates, I, I might not be as satisfied um, because that's kind of, I, I, I actually have worked um, jobs where I've spent all day outside and, and so I've had experience since then. I was able to contrast and compare my this vision I had when I was younger to to kind of more recent experiences, and it still led me to it gave me this really good sense of direction, I guess. So let's move on to uh, point number two here. And point number two, why we need a life plan is a life plan will enable you to maintain balance. And in here, he talks about balance between you know marriage and children and career and all those things and. Everybody has to decide. Not everybody wants marriage or children. They may just want a career. So I, I think in maintaining balance, I, I think first you step one says clarify your what's most important. And if having a family was is the most important thing, then clearly two would be pick a career path or a life plan that is going to enable you to spend time with a family. And I think that's that's pretty important. You can't have number one, uh, having a family is important. And number two is having a career that requires you to work 80 hours a week because you're going to do a really poor job of one of those two things, right? So it's, 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 I think when I look back, having balance for me was, I I moved from the city to a small town and it forced, in this small town, there tends to be a lot of focus on family life. Even my employer, you know, they, they don't, I haven't worked a weekend in, I can't remember the last time I worked a weekend. If having balance is important and just say you work somewhere where it's not. And I know, Courtney, you've mentioned to me that where you work, your life balance, work-life balance is being pushed in a direction you're not comfortable with. And a lot of people are reluctant to push back. And, and if that's important to you, you have to be willing to risk current employment opportunity to not give up that priority. Or, you know, th- these are things that are, you know, part of your life plan. You can't give into it. You you might for a short period of time, but you can't give into it indefinitely. No, I completely agree with that. I think, I think like like you're saying, you kind of need this this written life life plan so you don't get kind of pushed around and your priorities don't get shuffled and you don't lose touch with what is important and and what you what you personally want for yourself and for your future. Like if you decided your personal relationships are are a higher priority than your your career path. Just say that was your 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 part of your life plan that you had documented, and you're spending eight hours a, a day at work, and your your supervisor is is baiting you with this um, potential promotion. And you know if you work really hard and you put in some extra hours, this could be yours. If if you're not going and regularly looking at your life plan that's documented, and, and in there is is maintaining strong personal relationships. Uh, and that the time that that that's required to do that, if that's not written somewhere in in front of you, uh, your your just your subconscious mind that that's important to me and it's it's something that's in the back of your mind is no match for your employer barking at you all day long saying you know if you really want this promotion this is what you have to do, you know you, that's being just you know drilled into your head eight hours a day 
So that's why writing this stuff down, because nobody's going to remind you that, hey, you're neglecting your personal relationships outside of work. You should step that up. But somebody's always going to be reminding you, hey, you're not grinding it out here at work to get this promotion. And I, I do want to add a kind of that it's not just about, yes, work-life balance in a very kind of broad sense. But if you if you break that down a little bit closer, Michael kind of brings to light that what if you could have robust health and excellent marriage and a successful career? So balance isn't just about work-life balance. It's it's kind of about, a, it's kind of a, it's, it could bring you about in a lot of different um, complexities, both in your personal and work life about kind of really, I guess, giving, giving care to each one of those, but in an, again, a balanced way. So it's not just kind of this work or life, but it's all the nuances in both life and work. And, you know, a success to, to have balance, a successful career may not be, have you ending up in the corner office B- because you were able to maintain balance. A successful career might be just retaining employment at a very challenging place to work. That that could be uh, deemed successful in your eyes. And success is really it's 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 your own definition of what you consider success. But if you have a plan and you're meeting your plan in a very high level sense, I think you can check the box and say, I've been successful. No, and I absolutely love that you brought that forward because I think that is a key piece to um, point number two here is, is society is, is constantly telling us what success looks like and what we should be achieving that you're right. That corner office, that high paying job, that executive executive office suite, that is what society tells us we should want. But again, that those aren't our priorities. Those aren't, us actualizing what what we feel is important so i love that you brought that forward trevor it's 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 a key point it's it's easy to bash you know this is we're obviously slanting this against don't let work rule your life right you maintain your personal relationships but you at the end of the day you're the one who who's gonna have to provide for yourself and you're gonna be the one who has to you know save for your retirement and if you're sacrificing your career goals and your earning potential to too many personal relationships, and you know, if you're trying to foster the whole thing of this is balance. So you, you can't just say I'm all in on personal relationships. And if I can fit work in, I will. And you end up your, your 50 and you never achieved your professional goals. You'll be unhappy too. So you, you the word balance is really important. If for you that balance is 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 heavily rested on on work success that's absolutely absolutely okay as well so let's move on to point number three here and i really really like this point point number three is so a life plan will provide a filter by which you can say no to lesser things to say no to things is to say no to things that you know that that don't sort of light the fire so but sometimes you have to say yes to things that you don't like to get to things that you do like so i Sometimes just say, I go back to a promotion at work. If there's a particular position you want at work, but there's an intermediate position that you have to go through to get to it, and this is a very common uh, thing in corporations, is sometimes you have to to say yes to something that you know you are not going to like to get to something you know you're going to like. So a lot of times, if, if, so this is if you have a plan, and it's written down, you'll know why you're doing this thing you don't like for a short period of time, hopefully. But sometimes, some people go back to school, you know, go back to like night school while they're working. And and that seems like a, 
uh, you know, might put your, it, it doesn't sound very balanced where you're, you're spending eight hours a day working, then you're spending, you know, two or three hours a night studying for, I'm going to say it's somewhat work related. And then you haven't got much time left for your family, but long-term plan, maybe you'll end up with more time to spend with your family. So it, sometimes you have to say yes to things you don't like to get to the things you do. And, and at the same time, looking at, looking at it more in, in how it's presented, I think to this point is about priorities in that other people may have priorities for you. And, but at the end of the day, it's up to you to, again, and this goes back to what you're saying, Trevor, at the end of the day, it's important for, for you to be able to have that confidence and have that, and uh, not even the confidence it's because it's written your plan. You have the, you, you know that you have to say no to this because it's saying yes, it won't align with your, with your life plan. But you can't go through life just saying no to things you don't like. That just doesn't No, work. but at the same time, I think if for any of our listeners, I, who, who maybe, and I know myself, I, I always, I kind of say, I overextend myself at times and say yes to things because it, it, it's to the benefit of other people when, when sometimes I, I should, I should say no, um, when it, when it causes uh, hardship to me. I, I think there's a, a guy, his name's Derek Sivers. Uh, he wrote a book, Anything You Want. I read and it's a really good book. He has a, he has an expression in there. He says, if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. So when he's presented an opportunity, if if his initial reaction isn't, you know, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard of, then it's an absolute no. I really so like that. From an entrepreneurial, yeah, I do too. So if you can adopt that to other aspects of your life, I, I think, for instance, so somebody approached me about, uh, partnering up on a rental property you know so they're they're investing in a rental property they're gonna have tenants and stuff and so you're being a landlord and i i as soon as they're presenting me it it was almost like a hell no you know i I don't want any part of that so it was exactly the opposite but i i actually took that home and and thought about it for a while and i i sort of you know struggled through it and i i decided you know i thought about that expression of the book and i said you know, this is a definite no for me. And because it, it's just going to bring, sure, there's there's passive income opportunity there for sure, but there's also potential headaches and strained relationships with your business partners. And it, it's just not something I wanted. So that was an example where that just did not align with the sort of the life plan I've set out for myself. Point number four here in why you need a life plan is a life plan will empower you to identify and address your current realities. And this this is a, a really this is probably the most important point out of all of them as far as I'm concerned is this if you write it down this will tell you where you currently are you know you might vision that you're somewhere on your life plan and and the reality is you're you're not you're not even close to that point or and by by documenting it and it's kind of like we talk about documented budgets you, you don't know how much money you're spending or, or earning or how much how much more you're spending than you're earning until you've actually written it down. And knowing where you currently stand or where you are on your life plan, that's how you're going to measure whether you're going to, you need to revise your plan maybe if, if it's, it appears unrealistic or maybe you set the bar too low and you're going to be really disappointed at the end. So knowing your current, you know, your current realities, where you stand and the resources you have available and, and you know, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? I think that is super important. So moving on to point number five here is 
a life plan will help you, will equip you with a vision to a better future. Another expression I like is if, if you give me the why, the how, the how is real easy. How to in life is in today with access to the internet and YouTube, how to figure something out that is just falling from the sky. The why am I doing this? That's the hard one. And if you can come up with your why, the how is real easy. Because like you said, once you know where you are, you simply have to, you have to, you have to, you know where you are, but then you have to move forward from there. So kind of the only way to get, the only way to get there is really to kind of really just envision where, what that looks like and, and, and what the, what the end goal is. Well, and the envisioning is going to is going to be the why you're doing this, right? That 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 that's why I brought that up. It, you envision where you're going to be, or your destination, or your goal. If you envision that, that is your why. That that's why you're doing this. So when you get to the hard part, you know, when 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 you have to push through the hard parts, you'll know why you're doing it, and it, it that's the mo- that. That's where the motivation will come from to, to push through and continue. This really, I I mean, you said point number five was important. Or point number four, sorry, is important. But point number five, this kind of this is kind of the the thing that keeps you going when when the going gets tough. It is, but I still think if you don't know where you currently are, you may be fooling yourself that that you're further along your life plan than you really are. No, I agree with that. I, I definitely think having knowing where you're starting, knowing where you are right now and, and what you need to do in order to get to point number five where we're at right now is is really, really key. Because if you know your why, but you think you're like really close to your goal, then then you're, you're not going to be looking for the right how to's. No, you're right. You definitely just know where you start and move from there. So moving on to point number six of why you need a life plan. A life plan will serve as a roadmap for accomplishing what matters most. A roadmap is really, and we talk about this a lot, writing down your objectives, your, your short-term goals and objectives and, and how you're going to get there. And I keep going back to writing down. When I talk about writing things down, if anyone's done personal journaling, you know, that, that could, that, that's an example of writing down things. And we all carry smartphones. So when I say write down, I actually mean type. So I have, I use Evernote and, and I have, I'm constantly putting things in there that I want to do. And, and, and I'm not checking off, but I, I'm sort of going back and revisiting. Yep. Did that, did that, you know, I run and read this book. I read that book. Did it help? Yeah, it did. And you know, then in my next book. And so I'm always sort of moving forward on, on this stuff, but a roadmap is really just documentation getting it written down and it just I can't repeat it enough when it's documented you hold yourself accountable that you otherwise wouldn't because you if if it's just in your head and we're trying to keep a lot of things in our head and you can revise that over and over and over and this way like you're saying when it's when it's written down it'll it'll kind of be that accountability partner that we that we what that we need not accountability partner but the thing that's almost in your phone all the time keeping you accountable you know in saying accountability partner you should share your your life plan with your life partner you know they they need to know what your goals and aspirations are in life and they can help you and support you and they also will help hold you accountable if they know what you want and hopefully you you want the same thing you 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 respect each other's goals I, i think having an accountability partner in your life goals and I'm not talking about a spreadsheet or like, I'm not, you know, life is not a, a word document, it, but 
you need it documented so you you can follow it because this is something that's going to lapse over decades right not it's not like a a, a short-term project you're working on it, it it's your life plan and and when we're talking about kind of a roadmap and, and objectives you you mentioned short-term term objectives but how specific are are these these pieces along our on our roadmap are they are they really really specific or more kind of broad overarching objectives it, it kind of just lines up with i knew i didn't want to work till the traditional age of 65 so kind of if you start with the end in mind you know that and then work back what do i need to get you know so i knew i wanted to retire early in life and i knew this early in life because i i had I had a grandfather retired early in life and I admired him greatly. And so as a young, very young person, I knew that was a goal in mind. And I remember people talking about him being able to retire early. At that time, it was unheard of. And he was, I thought he was pretty fabulous for doing it. So uh, that being my in mind, I, I knew I had to live a certain, I either had to make a lot of money or live a very, uh, a fairly frugal lifestyle. And my grandfather, he accomplished this not through great income, but through frugal living. Again, I admired that. So having a role model in your life will help you with a, a life plan. Like you were saying, when you're 17 and you're picking an educational path, a lot of times you have to look for an inspiration in your life to help guide you. And just hopefully somebody near the end of their life, you can just talk to them and just say, how, how did it work out for you? And and I always say, don't follow the generation before you, but you know, if if you idolized a doctor, I mean, and, and you went and talked to a doctor, did it, it, being a doctor was it what you thought it was going to be? It, it, your path as a doctor with technology and everything else might be different, but you'll get a a feeling for the 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 good and bad in that particular profession. Or someone who retired early, you know, you could talk to them and say, you know, do, do you regret that, or do you do you wish you would have picked a different, more meaningful career and worked longer and so you, you, I say look for a mentor in your life when you're laying out a life plan and it will help you. Uh, but you start with the end in mind and work back, I think is, is the best way to approach it. So moving on to number seven, the last point within the, the reasons why we need a life path. And number seven is a life plan will help ensure that you don't finish life with regrets. Living life with regrets is, is probably the most painful thing. And a lot of times it's, I'm yet to meet the retired person. And I love I love talking to people who are retired. Like my parents were retired, so I talked to their friends a lot about what they did and would they change things. I, I, I just love, and, and people love to talk about what they did for a living and, and things they liked and didn't like about it. So you don't have to work too hard to get people rolling on those topics. And I'm yet to talk to somebody who who wishes they would have worked another five or 10 years or thought they spent way too much time with their friends and family, you know, that those things just, I'm yet to find the person that, that, that thought they, they spent too much time with their kids when they were younger, you know, that that just doesn't exist. So if, if you talk to enough older people who, who are actually, it's better to talk to people who, who sort of ended life where you don't want to be, you know, that's the, that's the funny thing with the internet is you should, you know, a lot of people search, they search, they, they type in a question that into Google, that's that that's kind of a leading question to the answer they want. What I do is when I'm searching something, say I I no say say I'm searching uh, retire early. I'm searching something in Google about retiring early. 
I will type in the opposite question. Why you should work till 70? You know, that's, or when I'm looking at Amazon for reviews on products, I'm looking at the one stars, not the five stars. So when you, when you, when you're looking at somebody's, uh, some, an older person's life and how it unfolded in, you just say you find somebody who just appears to be miserable. That's the person you want to talk to. That's the person. And it's, you want to find out, you know, what would they change? Cause that's the person who probably has the most things in their life. They would have changed and get inside that person's head and spend some time with that person. Take them out for a meal at like, at like a lunch and just pick their brain for an hour. And that will help you lay out a life plan that, 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 better than somebody who is the happiest, most content person you ever met and, and just loves their life. They're not going to, you know, you want to find out the things you, you, you don't want to do, the things you're going to regret. You want, you want to avoid those. It's, it's generally pretty easy to find the things that you do like. We tend to gravitate toward pleasure and away from pain. But if we, if we don't know the pain points that are in our future, it's hard to avoid them. But if you can talk to somebody who hit most of those pain points and then you can spot them and say, okay, I don't want to do that. Like just say a guy, he, you know, he, he drove uh, fancy cars his whole life and lived in executive homes. And, and now he, he's barely getting by in retirement. I want to talk to that guy. And sometimes, you know, some people, they won't admit their mistakes in life, but if you can get somebody who will, that's a gold mine. In the, in the same breath though, I think it's important to, I mean, I know someone who is working well into his 70s in in the law field and he seems very very content and I think I think there also is value to to talking with those individuals and and especially at my age how young I am and I think that'd be an incredible conversation is because then you can you can kind of derive value from how this person is is in how this person has enjoyed their career this 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 well and and what, how they gravitated towards this career and how how they made the most of, of, of their, of their life and, and, and really maximize on their happiness. So the guy who's 70 and still working, that's the guy I want to talk to because I want to know, are you working till you're 70 because of the lifestyle you lived and, and you have to, or did you live a really extravagant lifestyle because you loved what you did and you knew you're going to work till 70? Or are they, are they working, is he working till he's 70 because he absolutely loves the field of work that he's in and he's not ready to stop? working within it and you're not going to know that in, in, a, in a five minute conversation you're going to have to get to know that person and understand what motivates them and the things that are important to them in their lives but but i want to i want to get to know that person the person who who's who's not where i want to be the, the person who's working at 70 i want to know that that's the guy i want to talk to because that's it, on the surface it looks like a lot of regret you know i'm 70 and i'm still working but you're right. That person could be, you know, working to their, their to their last breath because they they think they're doing meaningful work or they just love what they're doing, helping people. And, and that, if that's why the person's doing it, I'm all in. Right. That that's a, a brilliant life plan. Because I I think I think in general there there might I, there might be or I'm, there might or there could be individuals a lot of individuals who are I mean I know after a hard day at work too it's. It's it's really it's 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 a little tiring. You you want you're you're kind of grasping at 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 you wanting to do more meaningful work. And so if you can find those people, those rare I think hit gems who are doing what they love every single day, and it's not even work. It's it's just enjoyment. I think 
those are the individuals that that we that we need more of and we need to have conversations with what you're initially thinking your career would be i think being accepting of how fluid life is and how fluid new discoveries are i think by embracing that and being willing to change your life plan, you, you, you found kind of a career you, you, you find enjoyable. Well, too specific of a life plan and you may miss opportunities in life. If your life plan is too regimented, too specific, I mean, it needs to be pretty high level. And and as life unfolds, maybe you start getting more and more specific, but you may miss opportunities in life if, if you, if you sort of stick too hard to the plan. No, I definitely agree with that. And um... and by documenting it, as my life unfolded and things changed, as it was documented, I'd have to go in and revise my plan. And to, to consciously do that, you need a good reason. And, and if I could come up with good reason, I would change it. And that's okay, right? So, it, it, and if a better opportunity that I didn't anticipate presented itself, I would revise that plan and move forward. So Trevor, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode on reasons why we need a life plan. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Yeah, having a life plan, it's going to give you the why in life and the the figuring out the how becomes real easy. And we want to hear from you too. If, if you have a life plan or, or any kind of key pieces of, of your life plan that have been monumental in, in shaping where you are now, or or if, if you've been already making a life plan, share it with us. We'd love to be able to kind of kind of involve and kind of experience what what your life plan has in, has in store for you so that brings us to the end of today's episode and we will uh we'll see you right back here next next week for a brand new episode until then keep it simple <laughs>